Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, faithful. Welcome back to another rough week. Yep. Another tough loss. We lose by two points uh, in the Kirk Cousins Bowl, which just absolutely hurts. It breaks my heart. We lose a tough one, 26-24, came down to the last minute again, and congratulations. We have broken an NFL record. We have now lost five straight games by a combined 13 points. It's never been done in the history of the NFL. Also, never has a team ever in five consecutive weeks lost all by three points or less, um, or also us again. So congratulations. This is kind of who we are. We, we play these super tough, fun games, but just do just enough to lose instead of just enough to win. And we could have won this game. You know, we said it five weeks in a row. Definitely could have won, but more and more positives to work on. But we're still a very young team. We have lost the penalties battle every single game we have played all six weeks. And it cost us. We're the most penalized team in the entire NFL. Have the second most missed tackles in the entire NFL. We've scored the second least amount of touchdowns in the NFL. All these things, you're not going to be a winning program with with this many just inconsistencies and self-induced mistakes. You have to force and control the game instead of react to. And what we're reacting to right now, but we're very, very young. So, Let's go through some of this stuff, but before I do, uh, I was asked by two different people, what's your process for watching slash evaluating film? And so let me just kind of go through this. One, I watch it live, and I try my hardest not to make very many notes when I watch it live. I just kind of want to be a fan. After that, it usually takes two to three hours for NFL Films, the Game Pass, to get the film uploaded, and they do a condensed and a full version. So once that happens, I go back through and I watch it all over again, full time. But it cuts out commercials, a lot of the dead breaks, so it goes relatively quick. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. And that, I'm just following game situations, momentum, general feel for the game, and just making game notes. Second time, I focus completely on the offense and defensive line, and I do the condensed version, which is right at about 36 minutes this week. Then I go back and watch the entire thing again, and I only focus on the outside of the tackle box, namely wide receivers versus secondary, uh, quarterback reads, things like that. So once all that's done, then I finish and I compile my notes, which is what I go through with you guys. And then usually in about two days' time, Game Pass comes out with the coaches film, which is the All-22, which is it shows you the expanded what the coaches get, and you can see All-22, why it's called that. You see All-22 players the entire time. Every single player is in the frame. It's a very wide fan version. And then it also does a behind the quarterback or an end zone cam, which is the absolute best for any type of breakdown on O-line versus D-line. You can see very clearly kind of what the assignments were and things like that. So so that's kind of what I do. Now, unfortunately, the 22 film in the end zone isn't released 
um, till a couple days. So whenever I break this down with you guys, it's just going off the condensed and the full replay. So let's get into offense and our MVP. Congratulations this week goes to Trent Brown, our right tackle, who might be the best right tackle in the entire NFL. Tennessee might have something to say about that. They played Monday night, but Trent Brown has been an absolute beast right tackle. And it seemed like three or four times when we were in crucial third down and short or goal line, we would just run it straight through the B gap to his side, which is inside of him, because he would just push that defensive end all the way down to the A gap, all the way past the center. I mean, absolutely crushed it. No uh, pass pressures allowed and just absolutely great. Just absolute stud player. Uh, he's going to be a 49er for a very, very long time. Um, Brian Hoyer, absolutely terrible, went 4 for 11, 34 yards and one sack. And I had a whole bunch of notes about him, but here's the deal with Hoyer. He is no longer the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. That's just, oh, it feels, it feels so good to say that. Like, Brian Hoyer is no longer the quarterback for the 49ers. And I'll say this, as soon as he got pulled, which he's been through a lot in his career, he was on the sidelines and he did his job. He was over there cheering, enthusiastic offering um, whatever he could during um, in between drives, so on and so forth. Just absolutely just great teammate, but so glad he is no longer our quarterback. We have a new guy, C.J. Beathard. This guy is awesome. Pick out of Iowa. I've been so in love with this kid since before we drafted him. Uh, I had him ranked as my number five quarterback, and he out of the draft, and he came in and played great. He was down 14-0, had a three and out on his opening series. Definitely not his fault. And uh, his first three and out, he had two drop balls, one from Kittle and one for Brita. Uh, would have had a first down on both those throws. Both were dropped, punted it away. They kick a field goal, comes in down 17-0 and executes in a flawless two-minute uh, offense into the half and scores a touchdown. Played absolutely amazing. His stats for the game – 19 for 36, 245 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The interception, don't really worry about that. That was the last play of the game. And, and I want to put that last interception as a huge positive because he gave his guy a chance, which is something we have not seen with Hoyer. He is very game savvy, and he understands what is at stake. And, and what I mean by that is he's not a stat guy. He's going to give his players a chance, whereas Hoyer – Three times in the past uh, four losses had not done so at the end of the game. So huge fan for that. He got sacked twice for 19 yards. Um, and again, he looked 100 times better than Hoyer at the start. He doesn't just dink and dunk to the sides. He likes to go vertical. And he created a spark for our offense and defense. I guarantee you. I went and I watched the, the series right after Hoyer was out to the next series after that, and our defense was playing so much more enthusiastically. Like, he affected every single person on that sideline, and people were like, all right, let's see what we got. And we got a stud. We, we really do. Now, I will say this. Um, he made some great throws in that two-minute drill. Perfect drive, and I love Shanahan's call. We, you know, we, we had the ball basically on the one with, like, three seconds left, and we could have kicked a field goal which would have brought it to 17-3 into the half. But he said, screw it, let's go for it. We ran right off the left side, and freaking, it was awesome. It was, it was so great. And it shows you 
why people want to play for Kyle Shanahan. He is such a player's coach. And you could see even when Pierre Garçon got really pissed off at the end of the game on that piece of shit pass interference call, Kyle Shanahan walks out to the field, calms him down, and you could see, you could read his lips. He said, all right, use this anger on this next play. It was awesome. Like, this is who this guy is. And so, huge fan of our coaching staff. Made a couple plays. Uh, definitely should have burned a timeout uh, late in the game whenever we took a huge penalty on a delayed game. But that's okay. Uh, Kittle, our tight end, another solid game. Seven targets, four catches, 46 yards. But having said that, he had three drops in the first half. And you could see him just being pissed off at himself and hitting himself in the face mask and kind of cussing out himself. But if we've had two games where those drops were not existent, and he was amazing. If we can just cure this drop problem, we're going to be great. We're, he, he's going to be a 49er for a long time. That's the thing. There's so many of these young guys. You could say you're a young team and be bad, and that's not good. But if your talent is young and you're improving and it's good young talent, then we're solid. What you don't want is Deshaun Kaiser, who's super young but terrible. That does you no good. You want youth with potential, and that is constantly improving. And we have seen that with guys like Trent Taylor, uh, C.J. Beathard, who looked great in his very first game, uh, George Kittle, like Trent Brown. We have so many guys that are on the stalwart of this offense that just look exceptional. And so it's a very promising future. Now, Pierre Garçon, uh, 12 targets, 5 catches, 55 yards, and he just killed it. He had 12 targets, and finally he led our team in targets, which you've heard me say. He needs to be the leader in targets each and every single week. Not enough. He needs the ball even more. 12 targets, not enough. And he just killed it out there. He had a crossing route where he caught the ball, took three steps, was able to get his head around. He had a safety coming full speed at him, and he lowered his shoulder and basically exploded the guy's head off of his body. Nicholson head flies off the helmet flies off he's on the ground didn't look very good luckily he got up he seemed all right but just an absolute beast all game he reminds me so much of Anquan Bolden in his prime physical wants to hurt the defender and just catches everything that comes his way the catch off of a tipped ball late in the fourth quarter was where he caught it fell down to his knee they ruled it incomplete reviewed it came back said it was a catch that would probably be any so many other wide receivers best catch of the year so far that's his fourth best catch of the year i've gone back and watched his highlights and from documenting him in the past that was his fourth best catch this year the guy has just been a freak and that like i said earlier that that pass interference call at the end was so much trash that was such a terrible call uh, i was very pissed off it could have cost us the game i, I don't like to blame things on the refs uh, they're going to be good and bad calls on both sides, but that was that was horse crap. Carlos Hyde looked okay, not great. 13 rushes, 28 yards, but he had two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Uh, six targets, five catches, 47 yards. He bobbled a couple passes, but still brought him in. Wasn't super efficient like we saw in the first four games, but still got it done when it counted and kept us in the game. Ran really, really hard, but it was eight and nine-man boxes every single play. We have got to get them to respect the deep ball. And if we can do that, then he's going to see more yards. But you can see this, and I can see why Shanahan keeps putting in Matt Breida, is when Hyde goes out, they pull back to too high safety look. When Hyde comes in, they roll that safety into the box every time. 
And so there's this huge difference between the fronts that these guys are looking at. And they even said this, that whenever they were meeting the production team, whenever they were meeting with Washington's defensive coordinator, they said, we've got to start Carlos Hyde. He's the number one key that we're looking for. And so they're keying on that. Uh, Breida looked great. There was one point where he had four straight touches in the third quarter. He had a great catch on a 10-yard stop, uh, just kind of twisted his body midair and caught it with his hands. Looked great. O-line was great throughout the entire game. Run blocking's weak, and we've said this before, Fusco is awful. He's a glaring weakness that single-handedly crushed our running game. They would load up on him and slant one way or the other, and he couldn't do anything. He's absolutely terrible. We are a guard away from having a top 10 offensive line. And that is just, that doesn't even make sense. Lakin Tomlinson's been solid since he came over in that trade. And that's all we need out of him is solid. If we get solid out of our center and our guards, we are great. Because our tackles are second to none. They are so good. Now let's jump over to defense. Our MVP of the defense, and this is so good to say, Solomon Thomas. First round draft pick showed out and completely manhandled several different men, including ex-49er Vernon Davis. Uh, Vernon Davis is having nightmares tonight for what Solomon Thomas did to him in the run game. Nine tackles, seven solo tackles, one sack, and two tackles for loss. Absolutely great. Pressure early. uh, Forced Cousins on a missed throw. Again, I said he had a sack. We only had one sack this game. You are not going to win football games if you are only getting one sack. That is inexcusable, but... Solomon Thomas did his job. Um, Let's see here. On third and one, it was great. On third and one in the third quarter, Vernon Davis, he's lined up on top of the tight end, Vernon Davis, and he pushed Vernon Davis back four yards into the mesh point, which is right where the quarterback cousins handed off to the running back and totally stopped this play for a fourth down. It was absolutely odd. He he doesn't get credit for the tackle on that play, but absolutely single-handedly made that play. It was great. Jaquiski Tart was okay. He makes lots of flash plays, positive and negative. Six tackles, four solo, and a tackle for loss. But you could see they went empty five times, maybe more, but five pass plays they went empty where every there's no running back in the backfield, which usually means you're getting man coverage. And every time they did that, they looked to see who Jaquiski Tart was covering, and that's who they targeted. They were picking on Jaquiski Tart the entire time in the pass game, he played okay, but he gave up a huge touchdown on the opening drive. Um, they were picking on him. They, they clearly saw something in his man-to-man coverage, and it showed up in film. Eric Armstead played okay. Uh, he had a great nine-yard loss where he shadowed the pulling offensive lineman and tackled, tackled Chris Thompson, Tom, Thompson for a nine-yard loss, but he left the game with a hand injury. This is who this guy is. He flashes once or twice and gets injured. I really do think his days as a niner are numbered. I wish we could trade and get something for him because we need somebody else in that spot, but it is what it is. Buckner, solid as always. Good pressure throughout the game. Controlled the interior defensive line, and he's probably the best interior D-line guy in pursuit on the edge. Namely, if it's an outside toss or screen, the way he turns and gets in his pursuit, he looks like a linebacker out there, and he makes so many plays that he's just not supposed to. Brock Coyle, absolutely terrible. He's Nick Ballore out there, and we saw that last year. He has no understanding of pursuit angles. There was one play on a screen pass. He was in man coverage. He did two 360s, ran the wrong way, spun around, ran the other way, was so far behind 
that the runner cut back under him. He did another 360 to try to get there and finally made the tackle 14 yards downfield. Nobody even has to block this guy. Um, hopefully this is the last football game he will ever start for the 49ers. We're getting Foster back next week. It's coming down. Also on Coyle, several times against the run, he'd be five yards back from his alignment. So he'd, he would end up where the safeties are because he's so easy to get a block. Like he has lead feet. And so you can see him trying to diagnose the run play, but he doesn't move with it. And so it's very easy for the linemen to get him. I don't know why we let Bowman go when we did. I don't understand it, but long live Bowman. Uh, there's there's a chance he's going to sign with the Cowboys, and we'll see him next week. So he'll be in San Francisco anyway. Ray Ray Armstrong played pretty good, but cannot guard a running back in the screen game. It's probably our biggest weakness now on defense, that and pass rush. And it all has to do with linebacker play. Not getting pressure on the quarterback. And we do this kind of cover three where we have Ward deep middle. We have our two corners screaming down deep thirds on the outside. And what we do is we flare out both of our linebackers, our Mike and our Will, about right on the hashes, about 10 yards deep. And the goal is let them catch the ball before you, then make the tackle, and it's a small three- to six-yard game. The problem with that is Ray Ray Armstrong and Coyle cannot do that. There were several times where you could see Chris Thompson. He would just turn around and post up, catch the ball, juke, 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 and neither one of them would lay a hand on them. Uh, Ray Ray, he was the one that gave up the huge screenplay for 42 yards. It was one-on-one in the flats, and he didn't even touch Chris Thompson because he juked him so bad. And then he also got burned big time in the fourth quarter by Vernon Davis. So that was huge. He he gave up a lot of plays. Jimmy Ward finally shows up, uh, made some flash plays. He had that awesome interception, which he barely dropped. But then he had the fumble recovery where he ran it down to the one and Carlos Hyde took it in. But he's showing up in turnovers. We need Jimmy Ward to cause turnovers. Richard Robinson, back-to-back good games, had an amazing interception against Vernon Davis. Seems like all the good and positive plays uh, came off of Vernon Davis. And he basically ran a fade route for Vernon. And Kirk Cousins threw it up. And Richard Robinson basically over the shoulder. Willie Mays caught it for the interception. It was great. Eli Harold made a couple big plays. Dante Johnson showing up again, saved a touchdown deep down the field. Great effort. And Akilah Witherspoon, our rookie cornerback, got in and actually made a tackle. His first tackle in the NFL. Got a few snaps, nothing special. Um, definitely is playing very, very scared and timid. It was a second and three, and he was in man coverage on the edge, and he gave a 12-yard cushion on 12 and three. And I'm sitting there screaming at the top of my lungs, scoot up, scoot up, scoot up. <laughs> but the receiver just took four steps, stopped, turned around, caught it for a first down. But Aquilo made a tackle on the play, so I, I guess I got to give him that. Uh, got beat on a few crossing routes. He likes to look in the backfield a little bit too much. He needs to stick with his uh, man coverage scheme. Special teams, Robbie Gold's awesome. He finally missed a field goal, and it cost us. It, it cost us. But... He's been legit. Trent Taylor, absolutely fearless punt return. An amazing 39-yard return where he had five different guys get a hand on him and broke all of those tackles for 39 yards. I wish we could get him a little bit more active in the passing game. The last two weeks, we seem to have gone away with that. And so we need to get him the ball a little bit more. Now, let's go to just a couple random notes. And this is offensive defense. Number one, we run way too much zone blitz coverage for our D linemen. We dropped Earl Mitchell 
into pass coverage four times and Solomon Thomas three times. Every single time we favored our D lineman towards Jordan Reed's side, but that's ridiculous. You do not want Earl Mitchell dropping in coverage. Uh, we did it three times in a row and gave up a touchdown. I absolutely hate that. Once in a while, I'm okay with it. But definitely, we did it way too damn much. Um, now, I will say this. We suck at guarding running backs out of the backfield, and we've got to get more pressure, which I talked about. And if we can fix those things, our defense plays well enough to win. We need to cause more turnovers, but we, we cannot continue to give up easy third-down conversions just to backs out of the backfield. That's not winning football. Also, on top of that, I talked about the penalties. We had seven for 40 yards. Hey, second time this year we've been under 10 penalties, but as I said, we're the most penalized team in the entire NFL, which it, it shows how young we are in new coaching staff. Injuries, uh, Eric Armstead, hand injury. Aaron Lynch had an ankle issue. Um, Ray Ray Armstrong was hurt several times, but it was more just like cramps. He kept coming back in. Calf, uh, Jaquiski Tart hurt his calf, but he seemed to be all right as well. Now, next week, uh, we have the Cowboys at home. And for the 105 kickoff Pacific time, the sh crappy thing is, this is the second week in a row we play a team coming off a bye. Now, the 49ers are not being respected by Vegas and probably shouldn't. We're 0-6. We are six-point underdogs at home. Um, if, if you're a betting person, I'm taking the Niners with the points. Um, again, we've lost five weeks in a row uh, by three points or less, and we're playing at home. They, they're not going to have Zeke Elliott. We have now C.J. Beathard. Like I'm just telling you right now, not so much that I think we're going to get the win, but I think we're covering that spread. Now, having said that, we are 0-6. We are one of two teams that are 0-6. It's just us and the Browns now. The Giants just won their game, so they are 1-5. Um, so if you're keeping up with that draft stuff, just know it's us and the Browns again. 1-2 just like last year, so we'll see what happens with that. But hopefully we get Reuben Foster back, and he provides the spark to our defense that C.J. Beathard did for our offense, and this youth movement starts to go full swing. Um, obviously, Playoffs probably not happening at 0-6. Okay, let me say that again. Playoffs are not happening. There is no probably. Playoffs are not happening this year, but that's okay. We got a lot to look forward to, and we will see you next week. Stay strong, faithful, and remember, hit me up on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore Chapman. Take care, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.